You're listening to the Sheep Spot Podcast, a show for hand spinners about making yarns we love. Hello there, Sheep Spotters. Welcome to episode 17. I'm Sasha from SheepSpot.com, where we offer diverse hand-dyed wools and the information and support you need to make them into beautiful yarns. Are you intrigued by the possibility of working with fleeces? Many of us love the idea of going through all the steps from choosing a fleece, washing, preparing, and spinning it, to making it into a finished project. Today, I want to talk about that very first step, choosing a fleece. We'll talk about where to find fleeces and breeds you might consider when when you're just getting started. We'll also talk about how to evaluate a fleece, flaws to watch out for, and how to figure out when a flaw is a deal breaker and you just need to back away. But first, it's probably worth talking about why anyone would go through all the steps of buying and preparing a fleece when there are so many fantastic beautiful prepared fibers out there. Now I talked a little bit about why you might want to prepare your fiber yourself in episode six. And if fleece buying is something you're considering, you might want to refer back to that episode because the prep piece is, you know, a big piece of of doing this. Today, though, I want to focus on why you might want to work with a fleece from the raw stage to the stage where it's prepped and ready for spinning. So when I was a very new spinner, like, you know, three or four lessons in, I was extremely bad at spinning. I was not a natural at this. Nothing about it was easy for me. I was really struggling and I really was not convinced that this whole spinning thing was for me. And then my teacher sent me home with a bag of raw fleece. Now, this was not the best fleece in the world. It was really dirty, and it had lots of hay and other vegetable matter in it, and it had been sitting around for a while. But I absolutely loved it. I loved everything about it. How it smelled, how the lanolin made my fingers feel, the process of washing it, everything. And that was the day that I became a spinner for life. I just knew I wanted this fabulous stuff around me all the time. My love for fleeces doesn't mean that I spin only from fleeces. In fact, I rarely have time at this point in my life to do a lot of prep for my own spinning. But I make sure that I spend some part of every month with raw fleece. Truth be told, it's a major reason why I invented the Sheepspot Fleece Club, so I could continue to buy, wash, and generally hang out with fleeces, even if I send them out to customers and don't spin them myself. Choosing, thinking about, and working with raw fleece is one of the great pleasures of my life. It centers me, and it helps me to feel closer to these amazing animals and to the people who care for them. So at this point, I'm guessing that you're thinking one of two things, either, boy, that Sasha is crazy, or how can I get me some of that? If you're in the later camp, listen on. So I think the best place to get started if you want to buy a fleece, 
unless you happen to know a shepherd who is raising sheep with some care and attention to their wool, the best place is a fleece sale at a fiber festival. And there are fiber festivals springing up all over the place all the time. I think I know of three uh, that have started up in Canada just in the past uh, four months. So chances are there's going to be a fleece festival reasonably close to you soon. Um, and it's a good, I think, a good practice for you to start working with fleeces by choosing a fleece that has been, that has come from a sheep that's been managed in ways that are attentive to what hand spinners actually are looking for in fleeces. I don't advise for that very first fleece, at least, approaching shepherds at random asking for fleeces or taking any old fleece that comes your way. Save that for when you have more experience. For now, though, get yourself a good hand spinning fleece. So the first question you're at your fiber festival, you're at the flea show, the first question you're going to be confronted with is breed, because that's often how flea sales are organized. So if this is your first fleece, and you don't have much prep experience, I advise keeping things relatively simple and looking for a medium wool fleece like a Corydale or a Bond or a Columbia, maybe a Polypay or a Montedale. Um, and you can see episode two for more on the wools that I consider medium wools. And there's a, there's a handout that you can down, download, um, that lists all the wool types and, uh, some of the breeds within them. Now, so you've chosen, you're going to look for a Corydale or a Bond or a Columbia, maybe a Romney, uh, another good, um, starting point. So, Now you've got a breed in mind or a set of breeds in mind, and it's time to start evaluating individual fleeces, which will be rolled up in plastic bags and usually stacked in piles on tables. Um, Now, here's some fleece show etiquette. It's considered very poor form to take the fleece out of the bag and unroll it, or even to disturb the arrangement of the fleece too much in the bag. So the, the fleece has if the shepherd knows what they're doing, um, the fleece has been rolled up in a particular way. And that the way that it's rolled up is, has been designed to make it easy for the person who unrolls the fleece to figure out what parts of the fleece are from what part of the sheep. Um, And that can be useful information if you're sorting a fleece. So, Uh, So you don't want to be unrolling it. Very, very impolite. Um, And you don't even really want to be disturbing the arrangement of the fleece in the bag too much. So my first set of evaluations of a fleece happen without really even touching the fleece. Um, That for me comes at a later stage. But first, I'm just looking at the fleece in the bag. So the first thing I look at is how the fleece was packaged. So it should be neatly rolled up with the cut end of the fleece. So that's the um, part of the fleece that's been closest to the sheep's body with the cut end out. And the shepherd may have put information about the individual sheep, even a picture of the sheep into the bag. 
Um, some just put in a business card so that you know who they are and you can buy fleeces from them again in the future. All of this stuff, which is basically marketing, right? Um, all of this stuff tells me that this fleece has been handled with some care and that it's been packaged by someone who understands something about the hand spinning market. And those to me are all good signs. So I start with that stuff and then I start looking at the fleece itself. Really good fleeces, and it's really hard for me to describe what this is like, but really good fleeces from well-cared-for sheep just have, they look healthy. They look like, um, you know, if if you've got a really healthy, happy cat or dog, you know the characteristics of their coat, right? They're, it's, you know, a little bit shiny. It's really consistent. Um, and fleeces for me are the same way. So you can really tell a lot just by that sort of initial impression of the fleece. And just ask yourself, does this fleece look like it came from a healthy, happy sheep? And then ask yourself, does this fleece smell like it came from a happy, healthy um, sheep? It should have, you know, it's definitely going to smell sheepy, but it shouldn't have any mustiness. And it certainly shouldn't have any kind of um, smell that gives you any indication that the sheep wasn't healthy. Um, and if you have cats or dogs or horses or whatever, you know the difference between an animal that smells really, um, that's really healthy, um, the way they smell and a, and an animal that is, uh, maybe sick or older. Um, so that's the kind of quality that you want to be looking for. Again, it's really hard to just, to, um, describe smells on a pot on an audio podcast, but I wish we had smell-o-vision so that I could, you know, give you some examples. But, um, but the, I definitely, definitely use my nose when I'm looking at fleeces. Um, this is also a really good time to look at how well the fleece has been sheared. So I look for second cuts and second cuts are very short, uh, little bits of wool at the cut end of the wool. And what they tell you is that the shearer has sheared that spot, left a little bit too much wool there, and then gone over it again with the shears. And that produces these very, very short fibers, like, you know, half an inch, quarter of an inch. Um, if I find a lot of those, I know I'm going to have to take care to get rid of them as many... Uh, to get rid of as many of them as possible before I start processing, because I really don't want them in my yarn. Um, and I want the overall quality of the fleece to be worth that extra time that I'm going to have to spend in the uh, washing and prepping process. So not disqualifying by any means, but just something, something that you want to know about before you buy the fleece. Also at this point, since I'm probably looking at the cut end of the fleece, I look for evidence of dermatitis. Uh, some people call this scurf in fleeces, uh, scurf, S-C-U-R-F. Um, and scurf is basically sheep dandruff. They're little um, flakes of skin that can um, attach themselves to the ends of the fleece. Uh, and sometimes they'll work their way up into 
you know, sort of the first three quarters of an inch or so of the fleece from the sheep's body. Um, and they can be an indication. There are lots of causes for this. They can be an indication that the sheep wasn't in the absolute peak of health. Um, if I find it, I want to look to see whether the scurf is throughout the fleece or if it's just in isolated patches. And if it's throughout the fleece, I'm generally going to um, set that fleece aside, especially if it's a dark colored fleece, because scurf often doesn't wash out and it can be extremely difficult to remove, if not impossible to remove in, proce- in processing. And here cases really vary. I had once had a Shetland fleece that was quite scurfy. And this was a situ- this wasn't a fleece that I bought. It was a fleece that someone gave me, um, a shepherd that I know and uh, trust. But this was from an older you, and you know, she I was buying other fleeces from her, and she sort of threw this one in, and it was a Shetland fleece, and it was from an older you, and there was quite a bit of scurf in it, and that scurf just came out really easily in processing. So you don't know. Um, but if it's a darker colored fleece and it doesn't come out, it's going to show and it's a little gross. So um, I would advise you to not um, go any further with that fleece. So the next thing that I do is I turn the bag around and, and you know, upside down and stuff. And I look for stains and discoloration in the fleece. So the grease on fleeces is often a bit yellow. Um, It can oxidize and turn yellow as it's exposed to air. So this will wash out with the grease and I don't generally worry about it. Um, There are various other kinds of discoloration that are caused by fungi or bacteria. And if I see these, I want to evaluate again, how much of the fleece is affected. If it's just a small area, and I really like the fleece. Otherwise, I might buy it anyway, provided the price is right. Um, now, you'll sometimes see very brightly colored, like neon colored markings um, on fleeces. And those will likely have been put there by the shepherd. Maybe they identify lambs, you know, by number. They number the ewe and the lamb with the same number so that they know to keep them together. Um, it can be useful just in the management of the sheep. If it's a fleece that I am looking at at a fiber festival, I'm going to assume that the shepherd knew enough to use a scourable marker, something that's going to wash out. Um, But this isn't always the the case with fleeces that you might encounter elsewhere. Some people do mark their sheep with stuff that doesn't wash out. So if you encounter it, you probably want to ask the shepherd about it if you can. And then the last thing that I do in the bag um, is I try to, and it can be hard with a rolled up fleece, but I try to make some assessment of how much vegetable matter or VM is in the fleece. So even if the fleece has been coated, there is going to be some because the coats don't cover Um, the fleece's whole body. Um, In general, VM doesn't bother me that much. And I don't mind picking out larger pieces of hay or, or whatever. I usually don't fuss about that. Um, 
but I do want it. I do want to know what I'm getting into. And if I find a lot of very fine VM that I know is going to be almost impossible to get out, I'm usually going to pass on that fleece. And it's, I, and really that ground up fine stuff, it's impossible. Just walk away. So uh, by now I've done these various evaluations. And if I'm happy with what I've seen so far, at this point, I, Gently pull out a single lock, being careful not to disturb too much of the fleece. And I hold it up to the light to check for breaks or points of weakness in the lock. These usually indicate that the sheep was stressed at some point while growing the fleece. Um, and many things can cause this. Weather can cause it. Lambing can cause it. Um, you know, anything that stresses the animal can cause it. If there's a clear break in the fleece, then I have some further questions that I want to ask about it. Um, and mostly what I want to consider at this point is what's the price of the fleece? Um, a break in the lock is considered a fairly major flaw in a fleece. So if the shepherd is asking top dollar for that fleece, I would definitely walk away because the shepherd doesn't know what they're doing and they don't know their market. Um, but if the price is right and the break is in the right place on this on the staple, that is to say it's close to one of the ends of the lock, um, if I really like it otherwise, maybe it's a breed that I very rarely see at fleece shows and want to try. Um, and it's and if it has a decent length of staple, uh, I might consider it knowing that I'm going to need to take extra time in processing to pull apart or even cut the uh, locks. Now, it's possible to have a fleece that has a weakness in the fibers that isn't a serious weakness in the fibers that isn't visible. And for this, you need what I call the ping test. And that's where you grab each, you grab the lock at each end. So you've got it, you're holding it between your two hands. And you bring it up next to your ear and then pull the ends apart quickly and see what it sounds like. So at this point, if I hear a nice clear twang, I know that the lock is strong. If I hear a crackle, that's the sound of individual fibers breaking. And if it sounds like a lot of fibers are breaking, I'm going to forgo the fleece because it's probably not going to be strong enough to just really stand up well to the processing. Uh, and the preparation. But if I hear a tiny bit of a crackle, and then a nice twang when I pull it apart again, I may keep the fleece under consideration. So I know it's a bit tender, but, um, and I'll probably have more waste than I would if it were less tender. But I might, if the, if other factors are pointing to yes, if other signs are pointing to yes, then I might, um, continue to consider it. So this is also a good time. You've got the lock in your hand. So look at the tips of the lock. If they're weak or dry, I know that removing them is going to add to my process time. And that's something I factor in. The tips of darker fleeces are often sun bleached. They're often uh, a little lighter than the rest of the staple. I don't mind this, but you may. And this is also a good time to look for what's sometimes called canary stain. And these are yellow bands across the width of the lock. 
There can be a couple of causes for this. One is a parasite that feeds on the grease. It doesn't affect the actual fleece fibers. Um, so it doesn't harm the fleece at all, but it does permanently discolor them. I've also re read that these yellow bands can be caused by dietary changes, like moving the sheep from a diet of grass to a diet of grain. And those don't wash out either. So in an undyed white fleece, these stains are going to make your overall yarn look more cream colored than bright white. Uh, and that might be fine with you. It's usually fine with me. If you're planning on dyeing the lock, you will need to plan for some variation in the color of the locks caused by that yellow undertone that's only on part of the lock. So you just need to factor it into your planning. I actually um, think it can produce really neat effects, so I'm not usually bothered by canary stain. So to sum up, um, you're going to start at a fleece show at a fiber festival. You're going to choose a medium wool to get started. You're going to start by evaluating the overall health of the fleece in the bag. You're going to check for second cuts, scurf, vegetable matter, and stains and discolorations. Then you're going to pull out a lock, hold it up to the light to look for breaks, do the ping test, and check the tips. At this point, if you're still in love with the fleece and the price is reasonable, go ahead and buy it. And congratulations. I mentioned the Sheepspot Fleece Club earlier, and for some of you who are intrigued by the idea of working with fleece but are apprehensive about buying and washing your own, it might be a good starting point for you. Club members get 100 grams of clean fleece selected and washed by yours truly every month for three months. It's a great way to get some experience with what good fleeces look and feel like before you start shopping for your own. And it's also great for people who don't have the space to watch and store large amounts of fleece or who just prefer to spin for small projects. And I do the washing for you so you, tame, you save time and water. If you're listening to this show when it airs, the next installment of the club, which will ship in April, May, and June, opens on Sunday, March 25th. So that's a couple of days after this episode goes live. Since fleeces are only so big, there are only 10 memberships available each quarter. And whenever you're hearing this, if you're interested and you'd like to get an email when the club next opens, head over to sheepspot.com slash fleece club and click the button to add your email address. Whew, that was a long one. Uh, once I start talking about fleeces, it's really hard for me to stop. I hope this was useful to you. Uh, and I will see you next week. Thanks so much for listening. All right. Have a good day. Bye-bye. <laughs>